Welcome to our podcast, where we talk about everything and nothing at all. We are the lover of cursy words. We love our right to bear arms. And if you don't pay a hefty price for my fucking vagina, you can stay the hell out of it. We're just two old friends meeting back up and talking about life. Um, come along on this journey and get to know us too. I'm Missy. And this is Savannah. Welcome to the NeuroSpicy Podcast. <laughs> Hi, welcome back um, to another episode with NeuroSpicy, Missy and Savannah here today. And we just wanted to record this episode about some, we wanted to talk about some documentaries that we have been watching. So this is going to be kind of part of that series of things. So how are you doing today, Savannah? I'm good. Um, kind of crazy, but good. Um, finding ducks all over my house for another episode, but that is great. How are you today? The ducks are great. Um, I'm doing well. I, you know, had an interesting morning, <laughs> but you know, I'm I'm here now. We, uh, I, you know, had a sex appointment, so that always makes the day interesting to start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some things I don't know about. It's part of that being single, awkward life, I guess, where you're just trying to get things done. <laughs> See, and in this day and age, I would not want to be a part of um, the single life. Um, yeah, for the listeners, I am like single, newly for the last couple of years. I was in a relation relationship for 11 years, so... I've just kind of been trying a few things and seeing how it goes, but I'm also like super, super picky and, um, yeah, it's not the most exciting thing ever for uh, my fellow single people out there. You have to let me know about how you're doing it. If you have kids and how it's going for you, cause it's a hot mess. <laughs> okay. So as I'm sitting here recording this, oh, we're recording this, right? I look mm-hmm. over to my left, and guess what I see? A fucking duck. <laughs> I am going to kill my sisters. Oh, uh, that's so good. We really just have to have a whole duck episode, because the listeners are going to have no idea what's going on. <laughs> okay, long story short, tidbit, my sisters came to visit, And they decided they needed to duck my house while in the middle of my child's graduation party because I didn't trust them enough to leave them alone any other part of the time. So I am on a duck hunt in my house and they find this very funny. Well, the first one she found, I was there, said number 300 at the bottom of the (laughs) duck. So she's going to be there for a while. I'm in like, I'm probably found half of the ducks that they hid, which is nice, but I, they don't know how many they actually hid. Yeah. So you're going to be finding ducks until forever. Yeah. And they said they numbered them, but somehow there's one that says a thousand on it. Oh, there's one that says a thousand. Yeah. She was like, I was numbering them and I had an extra one. So I wrote a thousand on it. (laughs) 
I was hoping you'd find that one first. I did not. I found it yesterday, actually. The 300 one was pretty good, though, that you found that one first. (laughs) Yeah, that was in my bathroom. I had gone to the bathroom, and I turned and I looked. Like, as I'm washing my hands, I looked up, and I was like, what the hell is this duck? And then I started walking around, and I was like, on duck alert, and then I found another duck. And I was like, oh, hell no. Who put ducks all over my house? You it was didn't bad. Say it like that, but <laughs> no, that's my first initial thought was who the fuck did this, and oh. then it was in Tarrant mode, and I knew my sisters were behind it, and they thought they were cute, and we're gonna lie about it. It was so funny. I had a, the ducks made my night. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. And then I asked him, "Where all you hide them?" Oh, we don't know. I mean, who can remember where you put three hundred ducks? I want my sister Emily, <clears throat> I want my sister to go through and like count how many she has so I have like an idea of how many I have to go. Hmm. Well, Maybe then I'd be a little more interested in looking for them. I mean and finding them all. Going to keep finding them. If you don't move ever from your home, then you'll find them forever and if you do move, you'll find them when you're moving. Um no, I clean way too well for that. Like I pull everything out of cabinets and clean everything. Um, the only problem, the only part that they're going to get me is in my office in all of my shirts, because all of my shirts will inevitably be like, that's where they're going to be lost is in my office and like all my photography stuff and all my shirts and everything like that. Yeah. Well, and it could be hiding tall places too. (laughs) Well, there's only a couple people who can hide tall in my house. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. They probably, they could put them in high places and those will be the ones you'll find later. Maybe what we should do is invite everybody over who sat there and laughed for (laughs) dinner and be like, oh yeah, by the way, you're helping me find all these stupid ducks. (laughs) (laughs) I'll feed you when it's done. Um, But y'all watched. I think I've gotten them all out of my room by now. Or pretty dang close anyways. Yesterday I went looking for a birthday present and I found like eight in my closet on my (laughs) birthday present hunt. Oh, it's so funny still. I'm sorry. I'm only accomplice because I walked in and they were doing it. And I was like, I don't want to be here. (laughs) Uh, uh Uh-uh. No, I didn't see this. I'm, I'm going outside. And I didn't even have time to sit down. Because of everything going on that day. And so the fact that they did that. Oh, they I mean, got you. They were in Struggle Bus City, but Prank Wars is on. Yeah. And I am really... way meaner than the two of them. So. <laughs> oh, and then my brother-in-law, I hit, I found a bunch of the ducks. And then he went through and started, he like went through and rehid them. Yeah. While we were there. <laughs> yeah. Like was pulling them out of where I hid them. They wouldn't have gotten busted except for my sister was like, oh, yeah, that's funny. Let me go ahead and pull them out of where you had them stuck. And I busted her putting them in her purse because she hit her head on a shelf. And I was like, that's karma for you. Cough them up. Hand them over. Hand them over. All right. So that's the general gist of the duck, the duck nonsense. Little tangent there. Um So today, our intended topic, not the ducks, I just happened to look over and find one. Welcome to my current life. (laughs) One day, I will get revenge on them. But, um, so our intended purpose today for this combo was shiny, happy people, the Duggar family secrets. 
Yeah. And I'm super excited about this one. Yeah, she is so excited about this one. Um, Savannah told me to go check it out on Amazon Prime. Yep. So, yes, a quick disclosure. If you've not seen this, there might be spoilers. I know that I'm not like somebody who was super into the Duggars or anything when their shows were on. So I didn't really know, like I knew who they were, but I didn't know what I was going to kind of be getting into when I watched it. So like, if you haven't um, seen it, I would probably go watch it on Amazon prime. We don't get paid for that. I'm not just sponsored. where it's available. <laughs> not sponsored. But, yeah. But you know, just full disclosure in case you're not ready for a spoiler. If you don't care, keep listening and then come back and listen. If you end up watching it and want to kind of like relate, And we're not going to go over all the episodes in detail and what they talked about and all of that kind of stuff. More along the lines of like kind of, you know, what we knew prior to, because I knew quite a bit prior to being from the South. Um, I knew quite a bit, but not as much as I thought I knew. So a lot of Shiny Happy People was not a shock to me. There were some interesting parts and we're going to talk about what we individually found interesting And then also we wanted to talk about like some stuff that's come out since the show. Um, Some ex-IBLP members have started talking to different um, YouTubers and stuff like that. So there's some stuff that's been coming out that I find super interesting. And I also wanted to kind of touch base on like the specifics of the Josh Duggar trial and kind of where that one sits right now, because that one's super interesting as well. And, you know, some thoughts on why, like, his wife, Anna, is still still with him. And they do kind of cover Amy King inside of the documentary, um, the, cousins, the cousin of um, the Duggars. She kind of talks about, in a snippet, about one of the parts of that where, I don't remember how she worded it, but basically, during trials and tribulations is the only way that you can prove your loyalty. So, it, it's just kind of interesting. So, Missy, what did you know prior to watching the sh- watching the documentary um basically that they had that show on TLC and that they had way too many fucking kids and it was like the story about it um i didn't watch stuff like that back in the day when it was on tv and also just really didn't have an interest in it But um, I like documentaries. And when you recommended it, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, I know I like to watch documentaries about stuff that I am somewhat familiar with, but really had no idea, you know? Okay. It did kind of give that, like, weird religious vibe from the show anyways. So I just wasn't into it or anything. But I know you're super into it. So, like, what were you... I am into culty shit. Okay. Like I am too, I am so into culty shit because I like the psychology behind it more along the lines of like, how do you fucking end up in that place? Like that's Mm -hmm. where my whole, my whole brain kind of goes with it. It's like, how did that happen? Why do you do it like that? Right. Right. So I watched the Duggar show, not religiously when, you know, when it first came on now I did watch their, um, 
I did happen to catch their Discovery Health episodes when they first came out. Yeah, so I've been watching this for a long time because I think the first one was like 14 kids and counting or something like that. And now they're at 19 kids and counting. Right. And they're done. They're done. Their 20th child did not did not make it. But I was super into it. So I watched like their Discovery Health documentaries because they were set up for like one hour documentaries on this family. And I was all about the weird stuff. Like this guy, you know, I can remember the episode. So inside of the Happy Shiny People, they did like a, they were talking about Discovery Health and how like, um, how uh, they, you know, one of the episodes where they were talking about the dude's hairline. I totally remember that episode of the dude getting the hair transplant. Like, I remember that show. I was laughing so hard about it. I was like, oh my God, I watch way too much dumb stuff. So, and a lot of the dumb stuff I watch just plays in the background of my everyday life because quiet just drives me crazy. Right. Right. And, you know, being the second oldest of seven kids, there has always been noise. So I just like TV on or like music or like a podcast or something going on in the background. And so I'm listening to it, but not like actively listening to it. When it comes to Duggars, I'm super actively listening. So I know a little bit about them. And then I took a break. I didn't watch like initially watch their like first couple seasons and then somehow was on TLC because, you know, TLC and their, their hoarders and their, their, my 600 pound life and all these documentaries that they do on people's lives. And I don't even call them documentaries. I, I take that back. I would call them schmutt TV. Um, yeah. yeah, I think schmutt TV is kind of like where I would label that because it's heavily edited. And so, and so I would go ahead and watch. I watched like one of the seasons and I was like, this is super interesting. I feel like, I feel like this is kind of my life, but you feel like that's your life, but you don't realize all the back end stuff that's going on. Right. So then when the, and so I would watch it and be like intrigued on like, I have to, when I was first watching it, you know, I was in my early twenties. I was not, I was not thinking cult, 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 cult. Cause I just wasn't versed in what a quote unquote cult was until later on. And, and then I started like, as I learned and grew and knew what a cult was, I kind of, um, I kind of was able to go ahead and, and look at it from a different light. And a lot of that different light came from when I was deconstructing out of religion period. Um, you know, kind of, trying to figure out where I stood on religion and mm-hmm. all the things associated with that. Mm-hmm. And then I would, you know, I would like go back and like TLC always, you know, does like the marathons or whatever. And I'm a, I'm like a person who will put the TV on and not change the channel all day long. Like whatever comes on is what it comes on. And right. so I had caught, I'd caught a lot of the episodes. Cause you know, TLC will do like reruns of shows and stuff like that. And you would like, it would pop on between Kate and eight, you know, Kate plus eight or John and Kate plus eight or my sister wife, you know, they all interchange or whatever. So I watched different episodes via that way. And then right before Josh Duggar was arrested, um, after his Ashley Madison incident, I was like, what the heck is going on with this family? And then I binge watched. I binge watched it like all the way through. Like I searched down all the episodes and everything else like that. And then, you know, the case of their sister comes that, you know, with everything that happened with his sisters and the child, the child molestation and all of that. I went ahead and I, you know, and I'm like binge watching it. Where, where do you see this? Where is this weird? Where do you, what sticks out in your mind is, oh my gosh, this isn't right. And so I binge watched everything. And then 
when his trial started for his child pornography charges, I was flabbergasted at everything that came out during that. Flabbergasted. Pretty big on doing your research. So what did you find out? So I watched most, I, well, watched, quote unquote, I watched the tweets come out daily on the, like, as, you know, the sun is putting stuff out as it's being said, right? And then, you know, the that next day they would have like court recaps or anybody who was there. Like if I could find a 10 minute, two minute, 30 second blip about what was going on in court, I wanted to know what was going on on court. And then when the transcripts came out, I found a YouTuber who had gotten the transcripts and read through a bunch of the transcripts. Ooh. And and then I was like, you know what? I'm not going to listen to yours. I So then I went on Reddit and actually got the transcripts myself. And I did some more digging into it. And I found like, I don't believe everything that has been found is it. Oh, yeah. If that makes sense. I think there's more to a lot of it. Oh, I believe that. Like the religion itself is designed to allow predators to do what they're doing. Yeah. The whole, even just from watching the documentary, everything seemed like this is a like breeding ground for predators. And I felt that way even in my non-denominational church. Yeah, I can see how that can happen. The whole thing, like when they were talking about their their worship, um, what were they called? Their wish, their worship booklet. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the whole slut shaming thing. Right. Like I can get that because it was always put. And I grew up very in a very very conservative town. If something happened to somebody, or you know, the culture was that it was the girl's fault. Right. It was always a slut shaming contest. It was always, you know, how rude and disrespectful can you be? Oh, well, you shouldn't dress that way, and then I wouldn't have done that but yet nobody told you like as women we're taught that that was our if we didn't dress that way and we dressed more modest then then these things wouldn't happen to us and the boys were taught that it was our fault as well but my standing on it as an adult is wait a minute why am i in control of your inability to control yourself why do i have to control you and you can't control yourself right i mean i should be able to wear a low cut blouse or a high cut anything and you should keep your hands in your eyes to your fucking self i mean you can look don't talk don't fucking touch me or talk to me yeah like just because you think something one of my favorite slut sayings is if you look or if she looks like a slut, you think like a rapist. And I 100% agree with that. Right, man. It is not my fault because you can't control yourself. And I think instead of in society, instead of teaching women that they need to cover up to avert men's eyes, like in the IBLP, you know, they put all like Nike or whatever. Right. In the IBLP, like it was the woman's fault. And I'm like, wait a minute, why are we not teaching men how to appropriately act? Right. And then like, the IBLP, it's like a free-for-all for men. They can just do whatever. It's it's the woman's fault. Right. Yeah, exactly. I saw their whole entire structure and their umbrella of authority. Kinds of, uh, yeah, umbrella of authority. Like gag, gag, gag. <laughs> that is no. how I grew up, though, under the un- quote-unquote umbrella of authority where there's the God and then the pastor and then the the, pa- the father and then the mother and then all the children. Like, that is how I grew up. Like, that uh-huh. structure is 100% the structure we grew up under. Yeah, it would uh, – I can understand how it would take some unlearning. I'm really grateful my mom was very, like, liberal with religion but also knew when stuff was, like – 
kind of off, you know, that. Yeah. I mean, I guess my mom was a feminist, so. (laughs) I, and see, I did not grow up with a feminist. I grew up with a submissive. Yeah. No, my mom was not about to be no type of submissive. I mean, yeah, not in, not in the street. See, and where we grew up, you know, that's just what you did. You did what your husband told you to do. And I think that's why my father and I fought all the time is because I was the kid who was not going to just do what I was told. That was not me as a kid. I've always been, I've always had a quote unquote rebellious spirit. Um, you better have a good ass reason on why you want me to do something. And because I said so is not a reason. Right. And they used to try that on me all the time. And my mom would get so mad at me for arguing. And it wasn't that I was arguing. It was like more along the lines of like, well, wait a minute. What makes you think that that's right? I wasn't arguing to be an asshole. I was more along the lines of like, why do you think that's, why do you think that's okay? Why do you think that's all right? Why, why do you think it's okay to talk to me this way or treat me this way? Like why? Right. Yeah, you asked a lot of questions and that, you know, a lot of times they don't like that religious. Oh, no. Yeah. So they're talking about in that Shiny Happy People documentary, they wanted the women to not ask questions. They wanted them to submit. They didn't want them, their words, not mine. And they didn't want them to question authority, question anything around them. You just did as you were told. Yeah, because that meant the men could run around and do whatever the hell they wanted to without being questioned. Right. And that's exactly what it was like. It was it was like, you know, that's what the purpose of it was, is don't question my authority. And my poor husband now, that man, like, he ain't got a chance because <laughs> under no circumstances. Am I a asking you for permission? If I tell you I'm doing something, I'm uh, I'm informing you that this is what I am doing. I didn't ask you, can I do this? I said, oh, by the way, this is what's happening. It was a statement of, mm-hmm. by the way, I may not be at home on this day. You should probably know that because we do have small, you know, smaller. I have a, a middle child and an adult, but you know, so if I have something to do, you should probably know that. But I'm not asking for your permission to do it. And he'll often be like, well, did I say you could? (laughs) Did I ask? (laughs) My bad. Was there a question involved in that? No, no, there wasn't. Did you say I was asking? Yeah, no. I had, um, I I don't know if this is an appropriate place to say it, but my ex grew up Jehovah's Witness, as you know. And so... Um, but like, what did you call it? Were they, they're, uh, breaking it or were they, when, um, when you are unlearning it? Oh, deconstructing. Yeah. So he's been kind of de- deconstructing for the last, however long he hasn't even fully detached himself from that quite yet. But it's hard. It's hard. My, my whole point was there was a lot of deconstructing in there where he still had a lot of those views of like you, sh- the woman should be submissive type views, you know, and yeah. we really, we really bumped heads. He really wanted me to t- ask him when I could go do stuff and, you know, that kind of thing. So it was like the opposite of like, I had to eventually be like, I'm not going to ask you anymore. I'm just going, you know? Yeah. I don't give a man control, um, at all ever. Um, (laughs) part of that is the religious trauma of where I was told to do a lot because I was told to do it by a man. And that was an elder and you had to respect that person. 
when the elders in the church, I never, I felt more sexually, how do I put this, sexually exposed in a non-sexual way, more in a church than I did outside of the church wearing whatever. So in a church, I always felt like I was being undressed. I always felt like I was being um, vulnerable. Right. And there were, I would, I would not go away from like, I never was in a room by myself at church ever. Um, unless it did not have a door that shut. Um, but I was never, I never left myself in a room. I never, I never like put myself in a position to be assaulted because at the time I didn't know what that was, but I just knew I felt uncomfortable with mm-hmm. certain men in the church. And I did not want to um, be in a position where I could get cornered in a room right with them and I know my mom felt the same way because we've had talks about it I'm not going to speak for her but I know that you know through our conversations and stuff like that I know that she felt the same way about the same men I did as well um which I very found I found very interesting and so she if there were certain men at the church she wouldn't leave us alone by ourselves because she found that they were inappropriate yeah I mean unfortunately um when we grow up as women, we have to build in this like filter for creepy fucking dudes. And like it, it can be traumatizing because then like those creepy dudes could be somebody who seemed like they were cool and legit for a long time and then flip the coin. Um, or sometimes those creepy dudes are just like outright creep and we all know and we see where their eyes go, you know. And so it's really the- kind of scary that that was happening in your church where that's supposed to be like a safe place, you know. Yeah, you would expect it to be a safe place and it really was not a safe place at all. Like I felt safe at youth group because they weren't there. But when they were there, I did not feel safe at all. At all. Do even even if I go back home and they're in they're well in their eighties and you know, seventies and eighties now, I still don't feel safe. Oh, and I don't well, know if that's trauma or if that is like a trauma response <laughs> or if that is like they're just that creepy. I don't know. Yeah. Weren't some, oh no, I was watching a different documentary where they have a bunch of wives. I was like, wasn't one of the husbands like 80 something and stuff too? Oh yeah, with like 12 year old wives. Yeah. That's FLDS. Yeah. I was just watching that documentary recently also. Another culty one. I love that one too. We're going to have to talk about that one on an episode too. I love me some FLDS. There's some crazy shit that goes on there. Oh man, that makes sense. Inside of this episode, I found it very interesting. I think because I knew a lot. So there wasn't like a lot of new revelations. Um, I thought like an interesting part of it was the this is going to sound weird, but I didn't realize that the Gideon, the um, Gideon's society were the ones who put the Bibles in the hotels. Mm. Oh, that was really good. A really good one. Um, I didn't realize that none of the kids um, from the show were getting paid. I did know that because I knew that Jill sued her dad for not for non-payment. Yeah, because that's crazy to me that they were not getting paid and that their parents didn't set up something so that when they turned 18, that they would all get a chunk of change. Like to me, that would be what I would do. You know, if I had a show where my kids were on the show and they weren't getting paid during the time, I would set something up for them. But like, they're so greedy that they didn't even 
set anything up for any of those kids to get fairly compensated. Like their whole lives were recorded. Right. So. Like every portion of their life. Well, not every portion of their lives because Jim Bob was so sneaky and he knew that his kids would behave so well that he could bring in a camera crew and nobody would know anything about blanket training. Right. Mm. I knew about blanket training. There's another cult that not necessarily used blanket training, but they used glue sticks as a oh, rod. I saw that on something that... Um, the Tammy, what was her name? Tammy. Tammy Faye Baker? No. Yes. No. I think was that's it. it. It was. The, I watched that one too. They were using the glue sticks. Yeah. And, and yeah. So the fact that they said glue sticks, I found very interesting. I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Did we have a cult that branched off from a cult? Or <laughs> I mean, were they all just listening to the Pearl's book? Which is something that I have to go and investigate. I feel like, like those books had a huge because we were talking about it before we started recording but those books reached like corporate america they reached um churches they reached all all kinds of stuff across the whole so it definitely formulated like the the umbrella of authority um formula was provided to like brainwash a, a lot of people like a lot like it's surprising. Right. I, I would be interested to um, get more. I don't want to buy the books because I don't want to support. I don't want to financially support the people who gain from those. But I need to find the book. And I say find by way of Internet or Goodwill or something where I can like dive into it a little bit more and be a little bit more educated in the nonsense and see where else is, you know, where else does it get put into other things that I wouldn't have necessarily seen because I don't know everything that's in the books. Yeah, because they only briefly talked about what some of those books were used for and the teachings of them in the documentary. Right, and I want to know more. What That'd is be interesting that? to see if both, both the Tammy and the IBLP, if their punishment was based off the same books. I'm going to have to go back and now that, that, now that that's triggered in my head, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that documentary and see what they say. Right, because I think I watched that um, Tammy Faye Baker one I didn't even tell you I watched that one and I watched it way before um this one and I did re the glue stick thing actually did stick out in my head when I noticed it was on both of those because they were talking about how they had crazy strict abusive um like formulas and stuff that they use for the kids in both of the like for um discipline that's the word i was uh -huh. looking for they had these crazy forms of discipline in both of those documentaries that are very similar and very like borderline or or probably is abuse oh no it's absolutely I think it's absolutely abuse. Um, they know how to get away with it, though, um, yeah. because, you know, don't leave Mark. Right. Don't do it where anybody can see it. You know, that, that's classic abuser. I mean, if somebody is in a domestic violence kind of situation, I mean, abusers know how to get away with stuff. Well, and they had in the um, Shiny Happy about how um what's his name warren is it warren the main guy that made all the books or whatever bill gothard bill gothard came up with um like hairstyles and clothing attire for the women 
So, like, they had to wear long sleeve shirts. So I'm sure there was stuff going on underneath those shirts that nobody else could see. Right. Right. Yeah, a lot. I mean, you had to be covered up all the time. You couldn't be immodest. And I thought it was very interesting. I didn't know this, that they would spank all the way up. Even wives would get spanked. I, I didn't know that portion of that that was normal for that portion. Like, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's so mad. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> I guess there's like like rules under it. Okay, if I punish you, how do we reconcile the relationship? And I guess some of them decided that sex was a way to reconcile the relationship. Look, you think you're going to punish me by bending me over your knee and whooping my ass as if I'm a fucking child who you get to abuse? Under no circumstances am I having sex with you afterwards. Hell no. We're not talking consensual kink. We are talking abuse shit, you know? Right. Like, you're punishing me because you weren't that is not my flow that is not my flow you are not going to use god to get what you want and then demand sex from me yeah no not in the real basic principles of christianity whatever anybody believes we know that it's to love thy neighbor and to love who you're in contact with to show them infinite love and that's really like the the highest, you know, like version of what you can think of most religions would be about. So it's crazy to me that they would, you know, try to take something that's supposed to be good, like this Christianity and make it into something so abusive and just call it shine it up, I guess. <laughs> it's like it's like trying to shine a turd. Um, right. But it's like, you know, uh, the men, I have a feeling the way this went down is men wanted more control and how else do you gain more control but put your family into this religion where they have somebody else telling them that the man should be an authority and so we should go along with this yeah definitely man dominated and idealistic if you raise all of the women to think that too then um women don't grow up thinking that they have a voice for themselves and that they're allowed to speak up or that they're allowed to say something isn't right i'm i'm proud of Jill Duggar because I know like even with her husband they're kind of that's her name right the one that uh-huh Jill yeah even with her husband that it was somewhat arranged you know her meeting him that they both got out of it and that hopefully they're deconstructing from it and that the nice thing is is that um her husband was never in the IBLP oh he was never a part of the IBLP he happened to be, he happened to reach out to Jim Bob Duggar because he was going to Nepal and wanted somebody to kind of be praying for him, like a prayer buddy. And so, yeah. you know, somebody who's just praying for him every day and they developed a, a mentor friendship, I guess is how you could describe it. And Jim Bob thought, I'm sure he did not pick, you know, him to take his daughter away or change her mind. I'm sure that really ticked him off. But like he thought maybe that he could potentially bring him into IBLP and right. control. He they thought he thought he was an easy control. Yeah, it sounds likely. Yeah, because I think I think control is you know control is the game. Like the oldest sister Jana, she is still under her father's authority because she's not married, but she just stays at home and takes care of all the little kids. Well, oh, no. she used to stay at home and take care of all the little kids until. Um, until there was a case of, I believe it was one of Anna's kids um, was found like two miles away from the home while Jana was watching him. 
So there's like a whole like child investigation that happened. Ooh, child neglect. Yeah, in the middle of I can't remember if it was like right before the case, the Josh, the the child pornography case with Josh Jugger, or if it was like in the middle of or right after. But it was in that time period this case popped up for Anna or for um for Jana. So she can't be left with the kids under the age of eighteen anymore. So now she's kind of getting out and about. She had to like pay a fine. I think it was like a two hundred dollars, three hundred, four hundred dollars fine, and that's all that she got slapped with. But I don't think she can be in charge of children anymore. Ooh. I wonder if that was planned. <laughs> if I was her, I would have said, here, honey, go, go. <laughs> I'm sorry, right. babysitting. I'm 35 years old and I can't do anything with my life because I'm here taking care of these dang kids that aren't even mine. Man. That, that's a good way to get out of it. I didn't even think about that. Well, and I mean, also, if they wanted a distraction from the trial, I could see how they could have orchestrated it. I don't think they would have orchestrated that, though. Um, they would have done more things along the lines. So I don't know if they necessarily orchestrated it because I feel like if they were going to orchestrate something, they would have um, done like normally what they do is they do quote unquote good deeds for law enforcement or the like the first responders or, you know what I mean? I think they would have made like a more showboaty thing about doing something good. I don't know if they would have necessarily lost their oldest and most experienced babysitter in the process of trying to, but who knows? It's the Duggars. It very well could have, could have been, it could have been a ploy because the most important kid in that family is Josh Duggar. Right. Cause he's the firstborn. Mm-hmm. And he's a boy. And he's a boy. Yet again, more more men in charge of men. Yes. So what's come out since this documentary aired, and it wasn't that long ago, it was just the beginning of this month that it came out. I think it was like the fourth or something, so like less than 20 days ago. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so um, what's come out since then is um, something I think you're going to find very interesting because you brought up like – why Jim Bob didn't, why Jim Bob did not pay his kids. Mm-hmm. Well, so after this show started airing and gaining traction, they had a lot of groupies who moved to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And I say groupies because they moved after the show. They weren't really, they didn't know who Jim Bob, Jim Bob Duggar was prior to the show. So we're going to call them groupies. Okay. These groupies moved there, but these people were like, Jim Bob would help pay for their move to Arkansas because now they're indebted to Jim Bob. Now, if something happens or something comes out, they can't go against him. They become defenders because Jim Bob's such a great man. He helped me out. He helped me move here. He helped my family out by buying us groceries or he helped widowed women. One of them, Josh Duggar, actually ended up helping support after after he turned 18 and her husband had passed away and she wrote a letter to the judge in his case saying that he was a good man and that by him going to uh, going to prison would financially <laughs> hurt her and she oh. thinks he's a good man because she hel- he helps out the community so i believe i know that he actually used some of the money to move people to arkansas to build his jim bob army 
groupies. And then I also know that he likes single women who have kids. He really finds those targets fun. So he will target single women with kids and become a mentor to their their children who need a dad in their life. I don't know what he's doing with the single mom, but I'm going to say the Josh Duggar apple don't fall too far from the tree. And with Mm. everything they, you know, that Gothard did, I'm not going to say there ain't too many of them. I'm going to say there's a couple of the men inside of this organization who are just really good at covering things up. Oh, it sounds like it. It really sounds like it. That's why it's infatuating, I think, is because we were just like, oh, this can't be the only shit going down. It's like we really got to talk about the Tammy Faye Baker one. But like that that one is recorded so much later, is made so much later in the timeline in comparison to like the Duggar one. So like so much more shit came out, you know, so. Yeah, the the Tammy Faye Baker or the. The Tammy one, we will, the Tammy Faye Baker one, we will talk about because I think that one's super interesting and I want to do some more like diving into that one because there's still some stuff that I just don't know. And so I'm really like intrigued to like, you know, what else has come out? Now, I know we're in like the mix of shiny happy people right now and it's, there's some reaction videos that I've, I haven't got to watch all of them, but people reacting to them being in the documentary and how they felt about that situation. Mm -hmm. And I think the one that cracked me up the most, I don't know who the fuck the two, the guy and the girl are. I don't, I don't really care who they are, but they, they were very, upset about the way they were portrayed in this documentary and they only had two little snippets one introducing them in a couple of their little youtube videos but they were very disappointed in the way that they were treated and i'm like this is a documentary like how you say you don't know anything about the iblp because that's what they said you know we don't know anything about the iblp but i guess we can come on your documentary and talk why would you not do research right why would you not find out exactly what it is instead of just being like yeah i'll go on a documentary because I want more money and clout and then when I don't get the money and clout that I want because I'm made to look like a fucking idiot because you know it's not like they cut those clips together like that's actual words you said and so so now I'm angry like no you can't have your cake and eat it too and they're very much that like I don't know what religious like sect they're a part of. I know it's some type of Christianity, but basically the submissive woman, the man makes all the decisions and all the things like that. And you know they really come after the LGBTQ plus um Community. or the alphabet mafia because it's just easier to say that because I don't want to miss somebody. Um, not to you know not disrespect somebody by missing somebody. Reclaiming it. <laughs> yes, reclaiming the mafia, which I love by the way. But they are very like anti alphabet mafia. They're really there's one clip where she's like you can't be a them and i'm like who makes you the ruler of all things for you to say that like that's why does it matter to you why does that matter to you that you have like you said those words and now you're angry that you're being portrayed in this way and nobody can stand you and you're losing subscribers that's because you're a freaking moron nothing to do with the documentary it's just that now people more people have seen you you're a moron they understand a little bit more now these people are going in and watching your videos and good job you're getting you know paid buy YouTube for people to watch your videos. But at the same time, like, who are you to be angry because they did not portray you on the good side of things? And I don't know how you don't look at yourself and be like, wow, I'm kind of like the IBLP. Maybe I shouldn't do this documentary. Right. Right. They're, they really, they don't have the capacity to have that type of introspective. Right. They just think that, you know, 
we're different. We're different. We're different. No, you, you, you are very much similar. You are more similar than different in this situation. You're a synonym, not the yeah. exact same, but you are similar too. I know we so, yeah. struggle with language. We're not quite getting pronouns, so you might not know <laughs> what synonym is, but we'll take you there. <laughs> You're similar. More similar than not. Um, so that's just like, I just watched some of these reaction videos. I haven't watched them all yet, and they're still super deep into like shiny, happy people world, which I love to be a part of shiny, happy people world because <laughs> I like, it's not so much I like the drama. I, I really like the psychology behind it. Like, how did you get into the situation? Why are you in this situation? How do you think that this makes sense? Like, how did you make this make sense in your brain? Yeah. Like, make it make sense to me. Like, the kids who were born into it or didn't have a choice, we're not talking about – I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the grown adults who made the decision to do this. Right. Yeah. But did the men see that it was a power-hunger thing and the woman was like, okay, honey? Or was this like you had to talk them into it? Like, I want to know the deets behind the conversations. Yeah. If if anybody – actually has any experience it'd be interesting to hear from you and you guys can let us know some information yeah like if somebody has been a part of this and they went through the process even as a kid I would like to hear your experience as a kid but I also want to hear like if you went into it as an adult like your experience of into this as an adult because it was in the late 90s yeah early 2000s is when this really happened so like what adult conversations were being had behind the doors to make the decision to go into the IBLP? I definitely agree with you. I think it would be interesting to know. It would be cool to hear some firsthand experience. So reach out if you've got that experience. We'd like to hear from you. And maybe we'll have a an episode where we read um, some of our readers' feedback. I think we're going to have our email listed on our um, yes. Spotify. Yes. So you can email us, email us, drop a review down below. Yes. And we'll have a special episode where we go over. We're kind of just picking what we really would like to talk about right now. So we'll have more things to speak of. All right, guys. Thank you for listening today. Um, If you've got any comments, questions, drop those below. If you want, drop us a review. Give us a star. You guys can find all of this on all of your podcasting um, format. Um, Thank you for listening. Let us know if you have any questions and we appreciate you enjoying this. You guys have a good day and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you.
Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to us. On the next episode, we're probably going to be talking about us a little bit more. Who knows, some more true crime or anything else related to things we find interesting. Please join us. And then also make sure you rate, subscribe, like, comment, review, share with a friend this podcast. Have a good day and we'll talk to you later.